Good evening. One more time. Good evening. Man, has it been that long of a break? It's really good to see everybody. Um, I know that uh, Tanner would agree that we've been looking forward to getting back together and seeing everybody. Um, if it's your first time here, my name is Andy. Um, my brother Tanner right here with the hand in the air is we work in partnership and um, we're the, the shepherds of the ministry cross life. So what's it been about two, three years now that we've been um, with you all. So praise the Lord for three good years. Uh, I guess a quick testimony. The Lord brought my wife and I from Maryland here to Montana six, a little bit over six years ago. And really, the bottom line was um, uh, I wanted to be in ministry, and I knew if I was going to be in ministry, I needed to know the Word. And God, through a process of several men, showed that what it looks like to know and to handle the Word, and if you want to, if you want to impact people for the kingdom, you need to have more than a smile on your face. You need to know that you need you need to know God's Word. So uh, the Lord brought us here to Montana. And um, we went to Montana Bible College and graduated from there. And then uh, the Lord continued to lead us, and none of this was planned. And then for me and Tanner to work together. So uh, here we are at Cross Life. If it's your first time here, or if you're not familiar with the ministry, Cross Life is a ministry of Grace Bible Church. By no means is this uh, its own little church, it's a little picture or a little glimpse of the body that meets Sunday mornings here at church. And um, we would encourage you that if you are looking for a, a church to attend, a church to come regularly and grow and get involved and serve in, that, uh, and you don't have one, that you'd make Grace your home. Or if not Grace, that you would find a good church in the valley. And if you need advice, come up and talk to us. We'd love to um, encourage you that way. We meet every Friday night, 7 o'clock. Um, a word that we were, one of the things that as a ministry that we try to imitate is the early church. There were some things that defined them. In Acts 2.42 it says, the early church was born. Christ died, was risen, he went to heaven, and boom, the church comes out of nowhere. The body is born. And it says, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in the breaking of bread and prayers. And these are the things that, as a church, we also continue in. We continue in the apostles' doctrine, the word of God. Break bread. What does that mean? One of the best ways, as Edriel would know, to serve another person is through what? Amen. A good meal. It's not just about eating. It's about serving one another and what happens around that table. So we do different things around the table. Um, in the Apostles' Doctrine, fellowship, a lot of fellowship happening, and, uh, and in prayer. We try to be purposeful in these things. If you're interested, um, we meet Friday at uh, 5.30. Just a, several of us meet over in the fireside room. We pray for one another. We pray for the ministry. We pray for the valley. We worship the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to attend that, just show up. You don't need to, to sign up to pray. Just We can remind you where it's at later. We'd love to have you come and join us. So just a quick welcome. 
If you're brand new, we're so glad to see you. And um, what I'd like also to do this evening is this is going to be, Tanner's going to help us with kind of giving us a direction for what this semester is going to look like, and briefly looking back at what, praise the Lord, last semester looked like. But what I'd like to do this evening is um, to encourage you as Christian students. Um, <laughs> hi. I must have missed something there. I'd like to encourage you uh, as Christian students. I didn't get the same response that time. I'd like you to turn to uh, Matthew 7. One of the hallmarks of this church and of this ministry is that we love God's word. We love the revelation that God gave us so that we can get to know and worship and become his. So hopefully the things that you hear us say are seasoned by what, not just our opinions, but by what we see in God's word. Um, Tonight is kind of a bittersweet night. Um, I'm sure a lot of you know that one of the sisters who attended Grace Bible Church and was part of this ministry and other ministries at campus was called home. Last Sunday afternoon, Jocelyn Cook passed away, if you don't know that. And she was a dear sister. Um, they had a memorial for her at MSU in, the, in one of the, the sub-ballrooms. And students, a lot of you that were here, I'm looking at your faces right now, was stood up again and again and testified of what the Lord, as I look around, I keep seeing more people who had stood up, but what the Lord had done through that young lady. And that I kept hearing as they stood up, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness. You know what I kept hearing? Not a testimony of Jocelyn, but a testimony of what the Holy Spirit can do through a person. Man, what a testimony and a legacy that she had left. Um, the scripture that we're going we're gonna, to, I'd like to encourage you with this evening. Um, it was uh, right before the break, a couple weeks before the break, I was studying an international coffee trader house. What's that called on campus? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. And I was sitting there studying, and Jocelyn walked in, and she, um, she asked me, what is it, how would you encourage me to be a witness in the classroom? How do I be a Christian in the classroom and among my students, the fellow, my fellow students? That's a good question. Because all of you, most of you, are, are there now, and you know what it's like, to sit in the classroom and to, to hear something that you're like, that's not true. And you're wondering, how, do, how, do I, how should I respond? Or you're sitting in the sub and you're eating, and there's a group of people that you're sitting with, and the conversation comes up, and, and, and you know you're like, how do I respond? What should I say? And that was her question. That's a good question to think about and meditate on. I'd like to take you to... Um, what we talked about there, which is in Matthew 7, Sermon on the Mount. Um, In this context is the gospel. It is sharing the gospel. 
Enter um, 7.13, enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life. And there are few who find it. The, the, the context here is, is, is the things of the kingdom. And right at 7.6, I think there is a gem um, that you can be encouraged by. Something for you to meditate on in Scripture. And it says, Do not give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. This is a good verse for people who are among unbelievers and want to share their faith to think about and to obey. And a lot of people read this verse and they use it as an excuse to not to witness. And that is not the intention of this verse at all. Let's, let's dig into it just very briefly this evening. I want to give you a word of encouragement and then we're going to um, do a couple other things afterwards. I'd like you to notice that there's some parallels in this verse. Give, do not give what is holy and to dogs. And then the other one is cast your pearls before the swine. The parallels are give and cast, holy, something valuable, and pearls. And the last thing is dogs and swine. Don't give something of valuable to a dog because he's going to turn and tear it to pieces. Don't take a pearl, something that is valuable, and cast it to a pig. What does that mean? Um, I think the first part, do not give what is holy to dogs, is calling for you to have discernment. Solomon says, you know, there's a time to speak, and there's a time to keep your mouth shut. And Jesus says, don't give what is holy to the dogs. And if you were a Jew and you could think of something holy, possibly the, um, I was reading a commentary on this and it was talking about maybe the, the holy meat of the sacrifice. You would never take something holy and give it to a dog that would just treat it. And when this word here for dogs it's not like the pets that you see running around everywhere in Bozeman. Like these are wild animals that roamed Jerusalem and Israel. He says, you're not going to give something just for it to be torn to pieces. You would never do that. If it's truly valuable, you wouldn't give it away to what to be just torn to pieces. You wouldn't give it to the dogs. And then the second thing, it's almost the exact parallel to that, and it says, nor cast your pearls before swine. If you have a pearl, if you have something of great value, you're not going to cast it at the swine. What is Jesus talking about here? And then he he warns them, because if you do, first they're going to take what you've given, the pearl, and they're going to tear it to pieces, and then they're going to turn and they're going to attack you. You see, so many Christians 
This is how they evangelize. They take what is a pearl, and what is the pearl? And if you look further in, where was it? In Matthew um, 13, it talks about the pearl of great price. And a merchant found it. And do you know what he did with this pearl of great price? He sold everything he had to get it. The pearl is the gospel. You would not cast your pearls at the swine. You would never take something of value and you say, but wait a second. What about where it says swine? What does that mean? Let me rem- the swine or the dogs. The dogs would be something that you would that the Jews referred to the Gentiles as because they were unholy. The swine were unkosher. They ran in packs, and um, they were. It was an insult. Jesus says, "You don't give what is holy. You don't cast pearls before the swine." Before you think that this is an attitude. Or that you should use discernment. I'm not going to tell that person about the gospel because they're a swine. That's who you were. You see, from apart from what Christ did in you, that's what I am. I am an unholy thing. I'm unkosher to God until he made me a new creation. So before you think that this is making judgments on people, realize that that's who you were. The second thing that this says is that if you want to give the gospel to somebody, you do not cast it. The word cast means to throw something and with no intention of where it lands. Man, I see so many people on TV, on the radio, on the internet, and that's how they share their faith. And it really irritates me when people will sit in the back row and somebody will say something that is offensive, and so what, or maybe not even offensive, they just bring something up about religion, and a Christian will take a Bible verse or the gospel and they'll just chuck it and see where that verse lands. That's no way to give the gospel. How do you give the gospel? It's the same way you give a diamond. Where's Rick at? Rick, when you proposed to Julia, what did you do? (laughs) What posture were you in? Yeah, me too. I got down on my knee, and I said, Jen, (laughs) I have something valuable for you. Do you know what it represents? It represents that I want to spend the rest of... Adriel, did you get down on your knee? Good man. (laughs) I want to spend the rest of my life... I did not throw the diamond at her. (laughs) I kind of like... I had it hidden in my sock drawer for a long time. October, November, December. I had four months. It was hidden. And then at the right time with a poem, I brought it out and gave it to her. You don't cast the gospel. You speak the truth in love. So how does that work in the classroom? 
How does that work in the dorms? Don't just cast verses at people. You've got to love people. Um, what I had shared with Jocelyn in one of my classes, you're, I'm, we're sitting there with what? We both had this sociology class with the same teacher. And she had said some very, not the teacher had said some very offensive things in class to me as a Christian. And I thought, what, what's my responsibility right now? I can either raise my hand and throw something and hit the teacher in the, in, the, in the head. But if I really love that teacher, and I'm not saying that you shouldn't speak up in class. There's times, just like the first verse says, you should use discernment. But if you really love that classmate, that dorm mate, that teacher, you give them a pearl. So I walked up to the teacher afterwards and I said, you know, I'm a Christian. I want to talk to you about something. Nothing amazing happened. She didn't like repent from her sins and become a believer. But on the other hand, you know what she didn't do? Lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. How many times do we chuck the gospel into a pack of wolves and they turn and they take what is precious and they treat it like junk and then they turn you to pieces, turn and tear you to pieces. I think that is why so many Christians are discouraged in their witness and their testimony. It's because they don't know how to give a pearl. They think it's about chucking rocks and somebody chucks a rock right back at them and it hits them. And they get discouraged and they think, I'll never do that again. Like, my challenge for you as you enter into this semester is to love people. Speak the truth in love. To use discernment. This is not by any means uh, a get out of witnessing. This, uh, this is wisdom on how you should be a witness. It must be savored with love. You must... Uh, that's what salt and light is. It's not a. Um, it's not something that people would. Uh, they're going to turn and tear you to pieces for. Not if you walk up and you say, "This is holy and precious to me." They may reject it. They may reject you. But the, the heart of it is totally different. Um, I wanted to encourage you with that, and also I, I wanted to, to do that is. Uh, Kind of a, a memory of, of our sister Jocelyn and something that, that she was striving for. And you know it because you, if you were there the beginning of the week, you heard her testimony. How many people did she share the gospel with as a precious pearl in the dorm room that I didn't have a clue? Or in, just, um, in, her, in, in that young lady she worked with? Or the other young lady that she grew up in plains with? She knew how to give a pearl. She didn't cast it. That was a good testimony. I was solemnly rebuked and challenged and encouraged by her testimony. What we're going to do in, the, in the, the next few minutes is we've asked just three people as we, uh, as we um, 
honor her memory, honor the Lord and his, his testimony, to come up and share some memories. Um, and I want to challenge you as a body of believers, here is an opportunity for you to be the body of Christ and to reach out and um, encourage her family. We talked to her family, or her family's pastor, um, I think it was Tuesday evening, and he said, if you want to encourage the family, they could use help financially. So here's what I'm going to challenge you to do, body of Christ. I know you don't have a lot of money, <laughs> you're students, but if you would like to reach out and encourage the family, we're going to take up a collection next Friday. We've never done anything like this before, but we want to bless, we want to bless our family, and um, we're going we're gonna to send her a send her family a love gift from this body and um, to meet a need. That's what the body of Christ does still today. It meets those needs. So next Friday, and we'll remind you on Facebook and in small groups, that's a way that we can serve her family as the body of Christ here. Um, Sarah Watt, if you're here, if you could come down, I'm going to ask you to share a, a few thoughts, and then uh, you can hand the mic off from there. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Andy. I, I think Jocelyn pretty much lived at International Coffee House. That's we always hung out there. So. Um, but I'm I'm just I'm not going to say anything that you guys don't know about Jocelyn. But I just thought of these things as I was remembering her, and um, I think the thing that does stick out the most is that she was constantly wanting to be more sanctified and be more like Christ. And what what an encouragement and a light. Uh, but her love for the Lord is what was. I think most evident in her life. It was infectious, and she had just such joy and excitement about <clears throat> the king that she calls her father and that she's with, um, and of course about her wonderful Savior, Jesus, and, and her true comforter, the Holy Spirit. And I know they're working in her life every day. Um, so every time she could talk about things of the Lord, she would. She would bring it up, and... Um, just this huge smile would spread across her face and as she listened or told of the Lord's work. She loved to learn about him and uh, to grow in him and his word, and she was always ready to take counsel and to become more like Christ. Um, I think her heart for the lost was overwhelmingly huge in her life. Um, anytime someone new came along, she would ask me, do you think they know Jesus? Let's, let's go talk to them and see if they know Jesus. <laughs> and... Uh, so we would. It was great. Um, but another thing is that she just had an incredible servant's heart, and she loved to serve the body of Christ. Um, she would, was willing to do anything uh, to, to love on her brothers and sisters and um, to help people who were in need. She had a huge heart for helping people physically, too. Um, she would ask good questions of people. and So I think she, I was just honored to know her, and I'm just very happy that she's where she should be now. So um, Jen is next. Jen is her great friend. All right. Well, um, I was so fortunate.
I was so fortunate and blessed to have gotten to know Jocelyn during my time here at MSU. Sorry. (laughs) And I'm so grateful to the Lord for providing me with such a wonderful sister in Christ and dear friend to walk through life with. I will always remember Joss for her genuine love for the Lord and her earnest desire to serve him faithfully all the days of her life. (laughs) She had such a joyous spirit and excitement for serving Christ, and she challenged and encouraged me in my own walk with the Lord in so many ways. Joss also had such a passion for the lost, an urgency to share the truth of the gospel with everyone she interacted with, even if it meant putting herself at risk of losing her job as an RA. I will always remember Jocelyn's passion for prayer. Um, that girl is definitely a prayer warrior. I'll never forget. Um, when we were headed back to North Hedges late one night after some spontaneous adventure, and I was talking with her about a few personal issues I was struggling with. Right then and there, Instead of trying to think of advice to comfort me with, she simply stated, well, let's pray about it. This girl knew what it meant to be in utter dependence upon the Lord, and it was so evident through her prayer life. Um, Though Jocelyn's life here on earth may seem far too short, now my heart, along with many of yours, aches at the loss of such a dear sister and friend. Um, What joy and peace there is knowing that she is finally home with Jesus. Sorry. (laughs) And so Brooke is going to go up. I had the privilege of meeting Jocelyn my first uh, Bible study I led on campus about three years ago. And since those three years ago, I'd grown to appreciate her, just like Sarah said, her insatiable desire to grow spiritually, as well as be challenged by her infectious joy and love for the Lord. Um, Joss legitimately loved talking about the Lord, and I always know our conversations would have an eternal substance, even if we didn't always figure everything out that we were trying to figure out. Um, the morning I found out that Joss had gone to be with the Lord, I went to her Facebook page. And as I scrolled through all the friends' comments of shock and sadness, I finally reached one of Jocelyn's last posts, Lamentations three twenty-one through 26. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. There's no doubt in my mind that Jocelyn is rejoicing at the feet of Jesus right now. Her hope wasn't in this world. It was in her Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to watch a video. Father God, I just praise you so much that you are sovereign, just as sovereign in death as you are in life, that this was your will for Jocelyn's life, and that already her testimony has been such a to light to people around here. Father, I just pray that you would continue to use it and cause us to grow in Christ-likeness as a result of it. Lord, praise you for your sovereignty. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, men and women who... Uh, 
lead us in song. It is a joy to get to sing together, especially uh, sing together in remembrance of, uh, of Joslyn and glory to God. Thanks to you gals who shared that. And Andy, uh, I learned a lot. We've talked about that passage, but I learned a lot even tonight. <laughs> so thanks. My name is Tanner. And uh, if you guys weren't here at the beginning, like Andy said, I help lead Cross Life. Uh, we work together and uh, we're grateful to be here tonight. As I've been thinking about Jocelyn, I've been thinking often of Psalms 116, verse 15, that says, uh, Precious in his sight are the death of his saints. And what strong words from the psalmist to help us remember that Jocelyn is precious in the sight of the king, precious in his sight are the death of his loved ones. And so what a fun way to uh, worship and remember her well tonight. Uh, I'm going to take you through a little recap of last semester, and then we're going to shoot through this semester and look at some of the things we're going to be doing and look at a passage briefly with you guys. And uh, so thanks for coming. It never ceases to amaze me. When I sit down, there's about a third of the people here that start, and then I get up and look around, and there's lots more folks I haven't met yet. So glad you're here. Last semester, we started a series called Roots, and Andy talked about that uh, in Acts 2.42. We wanted to be rooted in. We wanted to practice the things of the early church. And we've talked a lot about uh, Psalms 1. It talks about a tree firmly planted by streams of living water, which yields its fruit in season. That's the whole idea as we teach through the doctrine, or doctrine means teaching, the teachings of the Bible being rooted in God's word and then having our lives bear the fruit of that truth. That's kind of how Paul taught often in life. The first three chapters of Ephesians was doctrine or teaching. There's no exhortation there. And then uh, chapters 4 through 6 are exhortation. Here's what you do with those truths. And Galatians is similar. And some of his letters are built that way. And so Andy and I have taught to, or sought to do that this last semester. We talked about uh, the root of God's word and then the fleshed out. What does it mean to study that weekly or daily even? And uh, then we talked about prayer. What does it mean to pray? What is prayer? And then how do we st- uh, prayer consistent. How do we pray consistently? We talked about God the Father. We talked about God the Son. That took us all the way through last semester, believe it or not. You guys remember how we left the ugly sweater party in the barn? You guys saw some of those pictures with Jocelyn ended up there. You guys remember the exhortation there? It was to continue through, to press on faithfully through break. How'd that go for you? Were you in the Word daily in prayer daily? I trust that some of you guys were. Probably a lot of you guys were. You used your extra time uh, away from school. Maybe you used more work. But no doubt you used that well in the Word and in prayer. I hope that some of you did. I trust, we trust that you did. Chances are some of you didn't. Sometimes it's easier to be disciplined when you're in the schedule of things and you're moving along. But whatever the case, we want to encourage you if you were faithful, to continue being faithful. If you weren't faithful, to start fresh now. What a better time to start a new reading plan, maybe a one-year Bible reading plan. Put some out there on the, bio, or on the, on the table for you out there. Uh, but we're going to talk about those things this semester, and then we're going to look forward. So next week, Andy's going to talk about the gospel found in the Old Testament. Then I'm going to talk about the gospel found in the New Testament. Then we're going to talk about the fruit of that. What is the fruit of of the gospel. The fruit of the gospel is discipleship, evangelism, some of those things. Then we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, how he convicts, regenerates, and dwells, baptizes, seals, those kinds of things. And then we'll go into a series on the church. We'll talk about the body and birth of the church. Andy will teach on what is the church? How did it come about? This strange mystery. All of a sudden there was no church, and then all of a sudden, bam, 
there's a church and God establishes vehicle for all time. And he promises to sustain and uphold his church. We're going to talk about missions in that time. We're going to have Lord willing, some missionaries come and talk to us. Uh, we're also going to talk about uh, the fruit of the church relationships in the church. Lord willing, we'll have a, a panel of people that you can ask questions to sending questions ahead of time, some married people, some single people, some people in relationships, how we are to relate to one another in the church and treat each other as brothers and sisters. We'll also talk about, uh, the authority of the church and what happens in the church, the way the church is organized. Chances are you guys are from all sorts of different backgrounds. And some, some of your churches were this way and some of your churches were this way. What does the Bible, what does the new Testament say about the way the church ought to be organized? And, uh, then we'll, go into finally God's will and guidance. Uh, we often talk about what do I, what does God want me to do? Where does he want me next? It's such a pivotal point of life that so many of you guys are in. And so we'll talk about how can you discern God's will and you'll finish with what is God's will. Uh, in the meantime, or right around Easter, we'll also have a Seder dinner. So it's going to be a full semester and uh, any I've been planning and it's difficult <laughs> even to communicate to you guys how excited I think we are about this semester. And the prayer that's come about as a result of it and how we've missed some of you guys over break. We are, we are excited. And he said, uh, he looked back at me, he said, uh, <laughs> he asked how long and I held up the number three. I thought he meant how many weeks since it had been since we've seen you guys. We've only been teaching here a year and a half, <laughs> but it feels like three. <laughs> it feels like three that we've been working together. No, we have a lot of fun together and we are excited for this semester. We're excited that you're here, and we hope we'll see you next week and the following week and the week after. It's, uh, <laughs> it's been three long weeks and one and a half short years. <laughs> uh, you guys hear little kids running around and talking. That's part of Cross Life, and we love that part of Cross Life. We love that there's kids here, and uh, you'll see them running around. So if you have kids or you have friends you want to invite with kids, bring them. Uh, it's, I, I enjoy listening to him speaking up while we're talking out front and, and things like that. I, I appreciate it. Uh, if you'd open your Bibles quickly to Ephesians 4, I want to follow up kind of where Andy went. He talked about uh, kind of who we are as believers. He established who we are and how we ought to especially deal with the gospel and deal with unbelievers. I want to encourage us to practice that more. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 to you guys. Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit, in the bond of peace, there is one body and one spirit, just as you also were called, and one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, the Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Paul says, I want to implore you, I want to exhort you, I want to push you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. Remember I said Ephesians 1 through 3 was sheer doctrine, sheer teaching, Paul doesn't give one imperative. He doesn't give one commandment to say, here's what you do. And here's the first time he says something. And here's what he says. He says, I implore you walk in a manner worthy of your calling. What's your calling? The calling there's uh, the elective calling. God has called you 
in his sovereignty to be a Christian. He's opened your eyes. He's convicted you of sin. And he says, now you're a Christian. So what do you do? Now what? You walk. And you walk in a manner worthy of your calling. The word walk is used frequently in the New Testament. You guys think about First John, how often John uses it. Walk, walk, walk. It means to walk about or to walk around. It means a lifestyle. We as Christians ought to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. It's been said uh, that God created us, or excuse me, one of the ways, sorry, I got off my notes here. It's been said, uh, had a great quote for you guys. I tell you what, it's just great. I lost it. Um, that living as a Christian is a matter of, of turning in who, into who you already are. I'll paraphrase it for you. That's what being a Christian is. It's a matter of conforming to who you are positionally. So you're already a Christian. Paul says something similar in Philippians 1, 27. He says, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel. He says, this is who you are. Now live this way. Another way or another place he says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. So we're going to talk about how to do that this semester. That's why you're here. If you're not a Christian, we believe God has brought you here to hear his word and in his kindness to draw you to repentance. And so we'll teach the word. And if you're here as a believer, we believe, you, we believe you're here. Paul says, we want to implore you to walk in a manner worthy of your calling. That's what Andy and I will seek to do this semester. Uh, one of the ways we're going to exhort you to do that is not by yourself. I'm going to say this again and again, but human autonomy is a, is a false concept. No one is their own enterprise. And so we're going to call you to walk in a body. Okay, and primarily that body is the church. Not even here Friday nights, but primarily Sunday mornings. And if that's here, praise God. And if it's another Bible teaching solid church in the valley, praise God. We want to call you to walk in community. So walk in community Sunday mornings. Walk in community Friday nights. And then we want to call you to walk in community throughout the week. Okay, and that's why we've created community groups. So you guys don't just come once a week and get filled up to overflowing and then go and and then not eat the rest of the week. We really, really believe, Andy, and I really, really believe that a lot of the work, a lot of the meat of cross life is done in a smaller group. There's a lot of you guys here tonight, and you just won't get to talk to everyone. Andy and I won't get to talk to you all, and you won't get to talk to everyone else, but in a smaller group, in a community group, you can. Okay, so tonight we're going to implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, and one of the ways we're going to implore you is to get into a community group. Okay, to be sharpened, Proverbs 27 says, by one another. As iron sharpens iron, one man another. You need community. And we want to encourage you not just to come Friday nights, but to be around people throughout the week. Um, so we're going to ask some of those people who are leading those and helping uh, teach and helping conversation and helping guidance in those community groups to stand. I'm going to ask them to stand, and they're just going to say, here's when we're doing it, and here's where we're doing it. And they're going to ask you to join them. Okay, so if we could have those people stand up. Vernice? Hi. Um, we're meeting at my place in Jesus Church. Okay, 7 o'clock Mondays with Vernice. Uh, Matt, Tex? Meeting at our place 7 o'clock on Mondays as well. <laughs> meeting at the ranch at 7 o'clock on Mondays, three miles south of the church, okay? Be there Tuesdays. Um, let's see. Tuesday nights is AIA, and who else is doing that night? Megan, thank you. Megan and Michelle. 
Good. Okay, how about somebody else from the community group stand so I don't go through them all day by day? Tuesday night at Megan and, with Megan and Michelle. Go ahead, John Skillman, way in the back. Good. John and Laura feed people, and that always gets people out to Belgrade. Thanks, John and Laura. Uh, okay, next. Um, Nate Carson, why don't you stand? Sorry, Luke. Hold on. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Go ahead, Nate. Wednesday night, 6.30 on campus. Lucas, go ahead. Lucas and Austin, stand up, too. Good. Guys, can you roll these on the screen up behind you? I forgot to, to ask to do that. Thanks, AJ. Okay, uh, let's see. Who do we have left? Andy Benson, AB. Where are you at? Go for it, brother. Okay, 6.30 a.m., 6.30 a.m., Tuesday mornings with uh, Matt will be there as well. <laughs> okay, Kyle Heilig. Kyle, where are you at, brother? Kyle's up there. Go ahead. Say it loud. Say it proud. For, okay, Garfield and 15th. Kyle Heilig, 10 a.m., Saturday mornings. Okay. Am I missing anybody? Chase, uh, Jennifer, sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jennifer. Sit down, Chase. Go ahead, Jennifer. <laughs> Great. Thank you. 7 p.m. in the sub. And that's Thursdays, right, Jen? Thursdays. Thursdays is 7 p.m. Okay. They're all up behind you. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, Erica. Forgive me. Go ahead. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Thank you, Erica. Great Bible study there with Erica, I assure you. They're all up here. Uh, you can call Sarah Watt. Sarah, stand up for us too, would you? Get a hold of Sarah Watt if you need to get plugged into one of these Bible studies. Okay, Matt text Vernice Mullet uh, at the ranch at Typhoid Fever on Monday Mania. We'll walk through these again quickly with you. On Tuesday, uh, we have Tuesday Testament with Andy Benson and Anthony Skinner at 6.30 a.m., and then Megan and Michelle, 7 p.m. at The Wood. <laughs> okay, Athletes in Action. That's if you're an athlete. And uh, call Chase iPhone Young there. It is 7.30 Tuesday nights at the sub. 7 p.m. Wednesday worship. Men's Nate Carson at the ranch. Uh, actually, that'll be at the sub. Nate Carson at the sub. Erica Matroke at the stable. That's funny as well. <laughs> 7 p.m. Thursdays of Thanksgiving. Austin Robbins, Lucas Kleinsauster, Jonathan Skillman, and Jennifer Hendricks, okay? And then Solace of Saturday, Kyle Heilig <laughs> at the castle, 10 a.m. there. Okay, we don't expect you to remember all these, but these will be rolling up behind us. And uh, you'll notice out there, Nico's the pizza go. Okay, Nico went and got us pizza, so there's pizza out there. 
And there's also a lot of sign-up sheets out there. Okay, so go mingle, mingle in here, mingle out there, and get signed up in one of those groups. Okay, there's sheets, and each sheet has uh, a where and when on it. Remember some of those people, and please get in one of those. I want to get you in one of those so you can learn and be around other people. I want to remind you that a a memorial service for Joslyn will be held next Saturday. That's Saturday, January 19th at 11 a.m., and that's at Plains Bible Chapel. Joslyn was from Plains, Montana. And then we also want to remind you, if you want to give uh, generously to her family, to uh, uh, to uh, bring finances next week, and we'll take an offering there. So uh, one final announcement. A gal named Ramey Blakeman used to uh, her international law degree in anti-terrorism, money laundering for nearly 10 years prior to doing human resources as work work as well, and a consultant for the Montana Department of Labor. This gal's uh, resume goes on and on. She's a tremendous resource, but she's doing something next Thursday, January 17th at 7 p.m. in the Grace Youth Room. That's by the stairs where you come in. You go up the stairs, and uh, she's going to do a thing for gals. And uh, she's going to share from a godly, womanly perspective in a home church here, godly career decisions, matching your interests and skills to a job, types of jobs, and searching and applying and interviewing successfully for jobs. Okay, tremendous, tremendous resources. This is something you'd pay hundreds of dollars to go see outside of the church somewhere. So if you can make it next Thursday at uh, 7 p.m., if you're not going to that Bible study Thursday night at 7 p.m., ladies. (laughs) Uh, you can go see Ramey Blakeman. See, uh, Brooke, for more details on that. Guys, thanks for coming. Uh, stick around, mingle, have some pizza, get in one of those community groups. Get to know somebody new tonight. There's lots of new faces. Introduce yourself to someone new. Andy and I and lots of you guys are excited for this semester. Uh, thanks for putting up with us, and I'll close us in prayer. Lord, we don't want to pray at the end just because it's a way to close or it's because it's what we normally do at the end. We want to pray to worship you and give you thanks for tonight. Thanks for getting to sing and worship you that way. Thanks for getting to pray earlier and worship you that way. Thanks for getting to hear teaching and uh, worship you that way. And now thank you for getting to worship you through fellowship and through the breaking of bread. You've been so good to us, so kind to us, Father, to let us be here tonight in a warm building out of the elements and to love one another. Your word says one body, uh, one Father, one Spirit, one baptism. Help us to act in a way that honors you well tonight, in a way that points right to you. Help us to love one another well and to worship you well in doing so. We ask in the precious name of your Son. Amen. You guys are free to stick around as long as you want, and I'd love to get to know some of you guys, Andy, and I would see you next week.